Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for being here. What uh, beautiful weather we have today for this wonderful announcement. Uh, and thank you, Strathcona County Emergency Services, for having us here today. It's great to be at Station 6 and meet all the amazing, hardworking staff and crews who make a difference every day. I have the pleasure of representing communities in Sherwood Park, and I know how grateful everyone is for your efforts to save the lives of friends and loved ones in our communities, whether you are responding to a fire or a medical emergency. I thank you on, uh, I I thank you on their behalf for your dedication. We all appreciate your service. I am joined today by the Minister of Health, Jason Copping, as well as the co-chairs of the Alberta Emergency Medical Services Advisory Committee, MLA Tracy Allard and MLA RJ Sigurdsson. We are here today to share the details about the next steps to address pressures on the emergency medical services. Alberta's government has been working with EMS partners and municipalities to strengthen the EMS system and support the hard-working paramedics and EMS staff. In attendance today are some of our partners, Minister for Service Alberta, Nate Glubish, who is also MLA for the neighbouring constituency of Strathcona, Sherwood Park. As well, uh, Strathcona County Mayor Rod Frank, Jeff Hutton, Fire Chief and Director of Emergency Services with Strathcona County, as well as Fire Chiefs or Representatives from Spruce Grove, Red Deer and St. Albert representing Integrated Fire EMS Services in their communities as part of the Provincial EMS System. Thank you all for joining us today and for your efforts to strengthen the EMS system. With that, I would like to invite Health Minister Jason Copping to the podium. Minister, thank you all so very much. Thanks, Jordan, and good morning, everyone. It is a pleased to be here at the Strathcona County Emergency Services Fire Station 6. Uh, Mayor Rod Frank and Fire Chief Jeff Hutton, thank you for having us here today and thank you for ordering this fantastic weather. I had the opportunity earlier today to meet some of the amazing cross-trained firefighter paramedics who are part of the team here, and I'm looking forward to hearing from one of the paramedics this morning. We recognize the value of different EMS service delivery models that make up the provincial EMS system, from AHS direct delivery to municipally run and integrated services like the one here in Strathcona County. That range of models within a single provincial system is one of the strengths of EMS in the province and of our health system as a whole. It's fitting that we're here during Paramedic Services Week. I'd like to thank all paramedics and EMS workers across the province for your dedication, compassion, and com commitment to providing the best care for Albertans. I'm very aware that EMS workers around Alberta have been working tirelessly to respond to the surge in call volumes we've seen since last August. COVID-19 has driven up calls and added to delays in offloading in hospitals because, frankly, emergency is extremely busy a lot of the time, just like you are. At the same time, two years of COVID is straining the people who are working to meet those higher demands. I know all of you in EMS are doing all you can. You're tired and you want and need help. We have heard you, and we're working to support you to help ease EMS pressures and improve response times, because that's the bottom line 
response times have gotten too long. We need to get them back down to within AHS's targets where they were last summer when call volumes started to run up. That's easy to say. Quite frankly, it's not easy to do. COVID has disrupted the healthcare everywhere to an incredible extent. Surgery volumes across Canada have gone from zero in one month to 120% or 130% of normal volumes a few months later. Emergency visits across the entire province dropped by a quarter in 2020-21, and they were still low right through last year. But it looks like a lot of those patients are finally coming in on top of COVID and a late flu season and all the rest of it. The result is that call volumes and response times have spiked in recent months on top of the surge over the past year. It's the same in other provinces and in other countries, like England, for example. So where to from here? The current wave of COVID is passing, thank goodness, but we just can't wait for it to pass. We need to add capacity as fast as we can, and we are doing it. First, AHS is hiring more paramedics and boosting EMS staffing. They're moving quickly to hire into 100 full-time permanent EMS positions and extending 70 temporary positions. That's on top of the increase of 230 EMS staff we've seen in the past two years. And I'm pleased to announce another practical step to increase the pool of available EMS staff and keep more ambulances on the road. That's by easing staffing requirements. I'm granting a one-year exemption to allow emergency medical responders to staff more types of ambulances. EMRs are one of three classes of EMS practitioners registered with the Alberta College of Paramedics. This staffing change will allow two emergency medical responders to transfer stable patients without the need for a higher level paramedic. That's only in non-emergency transfers. This move will free up other paramedics to respond to more urgent calls. Also, when no other option is available, an EMR can now join an advanced care or primary care paramedic to respond to urgent calls. This will improve coverage and response times, especially in rural communities where staff fatigue and staffing challenges can be more acute. I approve this temporary staffing exemption based on a request from AHS and a recommendation from the Provincial EMS Advisory Committee. The change is in line with other provinces, including BC, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. In addition to this step, I'm pleased to share today that I've approved all the current recommendations from the Alberta EMS Advisory Committee. This committee was tasked with bringing forward immediate actions and longer-term solutions to ease EMS pressures by the end of May, and then a final report and recommendations will be tabled by the end of July. Now, some of the short-term suggestions are things we can trial right away. These include solutions proposed by frontline workers to do things better and to do them differently. If they end up not working as intended, that's okay. We're open to trying innovative ways to tackle this problem. We'll adjust and keep moving to improve the system. We recognize some issues are more complex, such as offload delays in emergency. That's a system issue, one we can't solve solely within EMS. But the committee's recommendations will help improve response times ease the pressure on EMS workforce, and free up resources. I'd like to thank the committee members and all EMS partners and workers who shared their ideas to help with the strain on the system. That includes Strath County, Strathcona County Emergency Services, who presented a pilot proposal to the committee. In attendance today are, our fire chiefs who lead integrated emergency services elsewhere in the province who have also engaged in, 
with the committee. And I'd like to recognize Deputy Chief Chad Preeb, uh, Chief Kreese Kearns from Red Deer, Chief, Chief Everett Cook from St. Albert, and uh, Chad Preeb is the uh, Deputy Chief from Spruce Grove. Also in attendance is Darren Sandbeck, Chief Paramedic and Senior Provincial Director at Alberta Health Services. I want to thank them all for providing their ideas, for working with the committee, and then having the courage to be able to innovate and implement and try new things to solve these challenges. And in a moment, we will hear from the committee co-chairs, and I'd like to thank them as well for their tremendous work in this regard. And they will talk more about some of the next steps that can improve access to EMS. I am committed and our government is committed to making sure EMS has the resources they need and working to get response times back down to within AHS's targets. And I believe we can do that with the resources in Budget 2022 and the support of the committee members and our partners in every EMS service across the province. So thank you, and I'll now turn it over to Tracy Allard, co-chair of the Provincial EMS Advisory Committee and MLA for Grand Prairie. Thank you. Thank you so much, Minister, and good morning, everyone. What a beautiful day. I have had the honour to co-chair the Alberta EMS Advisory Committee over the past four months. It has been a ton of work. The committee's 30 members bring a wealth of experience to the table, and I want to thank each and every member for the valuable contributions made to this work. This work is not about the committee, though. Rather, it's about supporting frontline workers in emergency services across the province so that the lives of Albertans will be served and saved with timely, efficient emergency response. It's about continual system improvement, and ultimately it's about results. The wide range of members include municipal associations, service delivery partners, Indigenous community representatives, the union representing paramedics, and other key partners. Our role is to generate advice and provide recommendations to the Minister of Health to strengthen the EMS system now and well into the future. I'm pleased to share today that the committee has presented the Minister with 10 recommendations and more are in development presently. We focused on the most pressing issues facing EMS and solutions to address system pressures in real time. The recommendations cover areas including staffing, operational efficiencies to free up resources, and addressing offload delays at emergency departments. In the area of dispatch, we're exploring alternative options to, res to respond to less urgent calls. I'm a true believer in listening to staff on the ground. They know best what is working and what could be done better. MLA Sigurdsson and I, as co-chairs, invited frontline EMS staff to submit their ideas by taking a survey and participating in two telephone town halls in March and April. More than 1,400 frontline practitioners provided input. I thank everyone who participated for their valuable insights and for their honesty. We heard you loud and clear. Your daily experiences, together with the expertise on the committee, help shape these recommendations. One of the issues we've been tackling is addressing the delays in transferring patient care from paramedics and ambulances to staff in emergency departments and other healthcare facilities. We heard from frontline workers about the impact this has to patients, to the EMS system, and to the paramedics spending hours waiting to transfer care. 
Given that this is a health system issue, not one that EMS can solve on its own, the committee recognized there is a need to create a task force to bring together key health partners involved in all levels of the health system. The goal of this task force is to reduce not only EMS offload delays, but to improve patient access to emergency departments and other health services. Again, this is about results. We recognize this is a complex issue and it will take time to bring measurable change on the ground. One practical step the task force will begin to work on once it's formed is developing provincial guidelines for timely acceptance of patients in emergency departments. This will include transferring some patients into the waiting room when clinically appropriate and safe to do so. Having these standardized guidelines for all EMS staff and emergency departments to follow will help streamline the transfer of patient care. Alberta Health Services has also been taking steps to reduce EMS wait times at emergency departments. That includes launching an integrated operations centre in Calgary to mirror the existing one in Edmonton, supported by additional funding in Budget 2022. The centre brings together paramedic leads with zone and hospital staff to work on improving overall flow and reduce the amount of time ambulance crews spend waiting to transfer patients. We look forward to working with the task force once it's formed and to continue exploring ways to improve emergency medical services right across Alberta. Again, I am honoured to serve as co-chair and I sincerely hope we are building hope into a weary workforce. I cannot thank the men and women in emergency medical services enough for what you do every day. On behalf of all Albertans, I want to take this opportunity to thank you personally and to express to you that we are listening and we are committed to implementing changes in real time. The challenges in EMS have grown over many years and we know they won't be fixed in a few short months. We hope that these initial recommendations will demonstrate a shift, a notable shift in the right direction and the beginning of much more system improvement to come. This will be an iterative process. I will now turn it over to my co-chair and my good friend, MLA RJ Sigurdsson, uh, for his remarks. RJ? Thank you, Tracy, and good morning, everyone. Uh, just want to start by saying I, I'm really pleased uh, with the committee's work so far. Uh, as my uh, colleague Tracy Allard had mentioned, the foundation of these recommendations came from the interactions that we've had with the amazing committee members and our frontline personnel. EMS frontline paramedics as well as service and community partners have presented uh, innovative operations so uh, solutions and this includes the pilots in Strathcona County and Spruce Grove. Both cities integrated fire EMS services will trial operational efficiencies to free up resources and improve response times. Strathcona County Emergency Services will launch a pilot to deploy advanced care paramedic response units in the community, which will leverage their fire EMS integrated model as a part of the provincial EMS system. The goal is to keep these units that can respond to advanced life support calls within the county. That would lead to faster response times to treat patients at the scene or until an ambulance capable of transporting patient, patients arrives, if needed. Chief Hutton, I look forward to the following and the pilot and the progress that we see from this in the Strathcona County. 
Turning to Spruce Grove, their integrated fire EMS will also be working on launching two pilots. Spruce Grove's fire services has asked for a temporary policy change to trial how their cross-trained firefighter paramedics and 10 calls went on duty in a firefighter role. This model leverages the fact that an integrated fire EMS service is a licensed ambulance operator with licensed paramedics who function in their other roles and expands the availability of their paramedics to the provincial EMS system. The second pilot in Spruce Grove would allow cross-trained firefighter paramedics who are functioning in a firefighter role as a part of the city's medical first response team to cancel an inbound ambulance if they are able to appropriately treat patients on site and refer them to other services for care. This pilot also leverages the provincial model of EMS by accessing such things as centralized dispatch and medical oversight. This will reduce duplication and free up EMS resources. Representatives from Spruce Grove Emergency Services Chief Robert Kosterman are in attendance today and thank you for being here. We look forward to learning from Spruce Grove's experiences and potentially expanding the pilots to make a difference in other communities across the province. Another recommendation the committee is putting forward is to improve efficiency by reviewing the types of automatic requests for EMS as a standby for fire calls with the aim of freeing up ambulance, ambulances when they are not needed. A key to addressing EMS system pressures is finding ways to make sure paramedics are only used when the care and transportation is needed for that call. That's why several of the community's recommendations focus on introducing efficiencies. When it comes to dispatch, the committee will explore alternate service delivery options for patients who do not need an ambulance. We will look at models used in other jurisdictions. We've heard how many patients from 911 for an ambulance um, is, is not needed sometimes when the health service is, is inappropriate. Health, helping patients navigate the health system and providing options to ambulance transport have been highly successful in jurisdic jurisdictions in Canada and across the globe. This includes appropriate assessment of less urgent calls and providing safe alternate alternative care options rather than sending an ambulance, such as non-medical transport, primary care appointment access, or other specialized services. Our last recommendation is about raising Albertans' awareness about when to call for an ambulance and making them aware of more suitable options when an ambulance is not needed. All these targeted steps to find efficiencies will help ensure EMS resources are only used when they are needed and also improve capacity and response times, which is the goal. The committee's 10 recommendations will be a part of the interim report that we are submitting to the minister at the end of May. Over the coming months, we will continue our work to find more ways to strengthen the system so Albertans can continue receiving high-quality EMS care. We will submit our final report to the Minister at the end of July. At this point in time, I have the distinct pleasure to introduce and turn over the mic to Elliot Davis, a cross-trained firefighter, advanced care paramedic with Strathcona County. And on behalf of all of us, I would like to say that thank you to Elliot for being here and your service. Um, I'm really honoured to introduce you today and have you at the mic. Thank you.
Thank you, Emily Sigurdsson. Appreciate the warm welcome. As a frontline Strathcona County firefighter paramedic, I'd like to thank Minister Copping and all the work of the Alberta EMS Provincial Advisory Committee for listening to the needs of frontline pre-hospital care providers so that we may better serve our communities. We're grateful for their support of our community response unit, which will ensure we have local resources responding to local needs. A community response unit will allow us to respond to the community that we have chosen to serve. First responders have deep roots in their communities. We don't just work in them, we live in them, we volunteer in them, we raise our families in them, we know our communities. Strathcona County firefighter paramedics are no exception to this rule. We are heavily invested in this community and consider serving it our privilege. We've been losing this privilege since 2009, but today is a step towards refocusing on the needs of our community and the paramedics within it. It's also an opportunity to deliver on what our community expects from us, to respond quickly to our residents when they need us most. Operationally, we have the flexibility to leverage the efficiencies of our integrated model and its cross-trained firefighter paramedics to better serve the residents of our community. This pilot will repurpose the third person from our coveted three-member ambulance model to staff two of these community response units. These units will be dedicated to emergency response within Strathcona County only. This shift allows us to direct our advanced care paramedics to the county's most acutely ill patients, provide them with an advanced life support physical assessment, and to ensure that they receive the appropriate level of treatment en route to the hospital. In the last number of years, system pressures have put a strain on both our professional and our personal lives. Frontline staff are tired, they're hurting, they're burning out, and many great practitioners have already left the profession entirely. This pilot is one opportunity to address the gaps in our community and will hopefully relieve some of the pressures in the short term. Strathcona County firefighter paramedics look forward to continuing to provide our frontline perspective and expertise to help ensure emergency responders are there when they are needed the most. To my sisters and brothers and all members in blue uniforms, thank you for the work that you do. The work you do matters, it makes a difference, and I know my wife feels more, more comfortable that I get to work along some of fine people in Alberta. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That concludes the formal portion of our uh, announcement, and we'll move on to the question portion. Um, we'll go first to the reporters at the event here today. Step up the microphone. Um, just announce your name and outlet, and uh, just a reminder, one question and one follow-up. Hi, this is Lindsay Morey, editor with the Shore Park News. Hoping to get more clarification from Mayor Rod Frank about the local pilot. Good morning. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, as Elliot explained very well, it means we're going to have uh, dedicated vehicles with our dedicated professionals in our community, and that's very important. The concern has been that uh, our ambulances are leaving our jurisdiction. This is going to make sure that we have our professionals in our community serving our people. So I want to thank the government for the innovation and for being open to this and to our frontline staff who actually came up with this solution. And we're really excited by it. It's, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, what would you say to local taxpayers as well as the local crews here about um, 
just keeping local services here instead of ex the expectation has been over the last two years of all of our crews going into Edmonton, there's no local service here. Well, it's a good question. Um, dispatch and the system structure are the responsibility of Alberta Health Services, not Strathcona County. We are contracted to AHS. As I said, uh, this is a step, however, in the right direction. So thankfully, you know, everybody's listening. We're, it might not be the optimal solution. We don't know if this is a hangover from COVID or if this is a long-term problem, but we do want our ambulances in our community. We used to be able to get, uh, you know, 80% of the time, that's where they were. Now it's dropping to 60% and below. This will start pushing it more in the right direction. Thank you very much, Mayor Frank. If, if I could just uh, also respond to that question, is that, uh, it's very important to understand that the community has been protected uh, by the great uh, frontline responders that I have the privilege to lead and that serve this community so proudly. Uh, as well, uh, in the case of an integrated fire department, we are also protected with our medical first response capability that uh, is on all of our fire apparatus. However, we've been relying on that uh, protection too often and that's one of the key be benefits of this community response unit is uh, from a patient perspective, we will um, make sure we get advanced care life support uh, promptly to the patients in our community. And uh, we'll also be able to protect our fire response capacity, which is uh, fundamentally uh, critical to, uh, to having a, a safe community and our commitment to the residents of Strathcona County. All right, thank you very much. Uh, there's no more reporters at the mic here, so we'll go to reporters on the line. Uh, operator, if you want to put the first caller. Catherine Zagowski, Alberta Today. Well, thanks for taking my question. I'm sorry if this is very obvious and answered in the news release. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm having a hard time following, so I'm hoping you can <laughs> spell this out for me. So there, earlier this year, there was the 10 recommendations from AHS. Some of those are underway. Now the committee has... 10 recommendations in an interim report, but the interim report isn't released yet. Um, um, and I'm wondering, if the, uh, is there some overlap in those recommendations, or when, when are we expecting to see exactly what is recommended by the committee? So thanks. I'll, I'll start and then maybe ask one of the, uh, the co-chairs if they want to follow up in terms of the, the comments. So, uh, so you're quite right. There are 10 um, uh, AHS came forward with a 10-point plan, which we announced in uh, earlier this year. At the same time, we, we announced the, the formation of the committee. Uh, the committee, you know, w one of my requests of the committee, and I want to thank them for their tremendous work in doing it, is, is to m let's move quickly. So let's not wait for the full written reports. If there are suggestions we can improve the system, um, then let's actually hear them real time. Uh, let's assess them to see if that, you know, we think that, that we can work. And, uh, and then let's move forward with them. So that, you know, 10 recommendations that they've already, uh, uh, they, you know, we've been working on over the last number of weeks uh, with the committee uh, have already been, uh, been approved and that's what we're announcing today. There will be a report uh, uh, coming out with, which includes these 10 recommendations and others uh, because it's not only looking at, you know, uh, a, you know, shorter term, actions that we can take but also you know medium term and longer term uh, and then there's a the, the report that's coming out uh, is an inter, just an interim report uh, there's still more work to be done and there and then will be a uh, a final report uh, by the end of uh, end of July 
but what we wanted to do today is, is, is make the announcement, get these, these initial 10 recommendations that the uh, committee has worked on uh, and, and get them actioned because we have an issue now. Uh, we need to solve it now. Uh, and, uh, and these actions will actually help add capacity to the system. So let's get going and, uh, and try them out. But with that, maybe one of my uh, uh, colleagues and the co-chairs want to speak further on that. The minister uh, basically covered a lot of it off, but uh, of course, uh, when we were tasked as a committee to work, uh, to do this work, we we had a great um, group of individuals that came uh, together, community partners from Alberta municipalities, rural municipalities, Indigenous leaders, all of our EMS, AHS, uh, integrated fire unions. We all came together, but as the minister said, this is an issue that we need to move on as quickly as possible. So, of course, as the recommendations get vetted and, and get moved forward to the final stages, we're trying to implement them as quickly as possible. We understand that there's critical strain right now on the system. So the committee and all the committee members are working tirelessly to come forward with recommendations that they think are going to have a material impact on the system and, and and reduce those response times so we're going to continue this work and and with that when we get to the interim report of course these recommendations will be contained in that we'll also continue working on other recommendations and as they get finalized and vetted we're going to move on those as well we're going to continue to work as quickly as possible to make sure that we're implementing as much as we can to like we said provide the support we need for our frontline staff who are feeling overworked and strained. We're trying to listen to them and action those things as quickly as possible. And also remember that this is about patient-centric care and reducing those response times. So that's, that's the goal of the committee and we're going to continue to work on that as quickly as possible. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Do you have a follow-up? I do. Um, there were some specific proposals from the HSAA um, I'm thinking of uh, a few, like the request to move casual employees to full-time to, to help address some of those gaps. Um, were any of those um, recommendations from the HSAA picked up in, in these 10 points that you have interim? Sure, I'll start and then maybe uh, our JR minister will, will supplement my answer. So the short answer is yes, everything has been on the table and, and, and you know, it is a little bit confusing. There was a 10-point plan from AHS and then it's coincidental that we have 10 recommendations that are ready to go. That was not planned. That's just the way the work full unfolded. To the credit of the minister, um, it's as a result of the urgency on the matter. We didn't want to hold back on recommendations because we know that this is an urgent issue and as we got into the work and we heard from frontline workers, it became very apparent that we can't hold back on any of these. With respect to the HSAA and the recommendation you mentioned, um, that's under review right now. One of the challenges, though, that I don't think has been spoken of is if you're a casual employee and you want to be a casual employee, it's not an automatic that you would shift to full-time and that, that that's what you want. So that's one of the challenges is it's a little more complex than just pushing everyone to full-time. But I think the minister has... Um, statistics about the changes that he mentioned in his speech about additional resourcing, additional funding. We've added $64 million, for example, to funding EMS across the province this year. That's our commitment to resource the recommendations, not just to have a report. But I'll let either Minister or RJ supplement my answer. Thanks, Tracy. And, and uh, you know, 
the uh, that particular recommendation from HSA, uh, HSSA, my understanding, is still within the committee process. Um, but the uh, MLA Allard is quite correct that you know we are committed to actually addressing this issue. Uh, budget 2022 included you know 64 million dollars. Uh, we have hired more uh, paramedics, you know, 230 over the last two years. Uh, and in addition, we just you know announced uh, yesterday that our plans to accelerate uh, the additional. Um, uh, so I have 19 units in Calgary and in Edmonton, you know, 24/7. Uh, the initial plan in Budget 2022 is to have uh, those, tw you know, 20, you know, 20 units over a period of two years. Uh, we're actually accelerating that. Uh, we're doing the hiring for that 100 permanent positions and extending uh, 70 temporary ones. And and as I indicated yesterday, uh, this is this is permanent funding uh, for these jobs to continue. So I again I you know uh, here today to say thank you for to the committee. For their ten initial recommendations, which we that they've come forward and uh, and I have accepted and, and we're implementing right now. I look forward to the interim report and I look forward to the final report as well. Thank you, Minister Operator. Can you put through the next caller? Bell Belfontaine, CBC. Um, hi, uh, Minister. Um, I am also very confused about what you were announcing today. Um, so there's an interim report. It's not done yet. We're not going to see it. It's going to be submitted to the government at the end of the month. So what are we talking about here today? I'm just really trying to understand. So are the 10 recommendations done? Are we going to see them today? Is this going to be out in the news release? Yeah, so we, we'll provide greater detail to, to you about the, the specific 10 recommendations. My, my uh, colleagues already spoke to the uh, to the 10 recommendations, you know, a number of them associated with, with leveraging... Um, uh, leveraging um, organizations here like the Strathcona, the uh, integrated fire services, uh, and leveraging that to be able to provide greater services in the in the uh, in the in the local areas, uh, and doing two pilots. Uh, those are a number of the recommendations dealt with that. Other recommendations uh, are dealing with um, interfacility trans uh, transfers. Um, uh, Emma, uh, MLA Sigurdsson also spoke to uh, two of the recommendations, which is how do we, you know, setting up a task force to, to better look at flow through the hospitals. Uh, so we will get you the, uh, the, the, uh, the detail on the specific recommendations, that, uh, the, the 10 that we are accepting. Um, but these are, um, they will be included in the interim report. Uh, the reality is we wanted to move quickly on these and get them out and announce them today so that uh, we can actually make an impact on the system as quickly as possible. Thank you, Michelle. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, I'm just asking, uh, wondering about the timing of this news conference. Does it have to do anything? The timing have anything to do with the fact that the Health Sciences Association is holding a conference starting today? Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with that. This all had to do with the fact that these ten recommendations were ready to go. Um, I tasked the uh, the uh, advisory committee uh, when we started this and when we made the announcement months ago to say, if you have ideas coming forward and they're ready to go, let's not wait for an interim report. Let's not wait for a final report. Uh, get them to me, uh, and then let's get them signed off. Now, they, they, they were able to work through, and I thank the committee for this and their, their ideas, uh, with 10 recommendations that they vetted through the committee and say, you know what, these we think will make a meaningful difference. Uh, let's, let's try these out, um, and let's move forward. So the timing of this actually has all to do with having these 10 ready, uh, these recommendations ready to go, and we're announcing it right now. Thank you, Minister. Uh, operator, can you put through the next caller? Diana Jizkik, CBC French. 
Hi, Minister. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, I just want to know a little more about recruitment for these 100 new positions that have been announced. Um, Just a clarification. Have they just been posted where – can we have sort of a timeline? Have any of them been filled? And if not, when do you expect you'll have all of them filled? Yeah, so so the short answer is – this is we'll have the full hundred um, done by the uh, by September. Uh, we are already we have already added ambulances uh, across the system, and we're actually and we've hired for them and we've filled those vacancies, and we continue to do so. But but perhaps I can ask Chief Sandbeck uh, if you could, can you uh, Chief Sandbeck can you comment on the uh, on how the hiring is going because I know that we've uh, you know we filled like for example we made an announcement in terms of a. Uh, um, Ambulance and Airdrie, so those positions are already filled. It's on the road. Uh, we've we've made announcements in regards to, um, you know, initially it was it was uh, ten in uh, in uh, you know ten per year uh, in uh, Calgary and Edmonton, uh, and we've already started that. And we'll actually we expect to uh, a number of them to be filled by June. But Chief Sandbeck, we can you talk about the, uh, the the schedule and then how the hiring. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Minister, and thanks for the question. Um, we're in a constant recruitment cycle, um, so you will constantly constantly see postings for both primary and advanced care paramedics. The um, 100 positions are uh, structured to be phased in between um, now and September, as the Minister spoke to. And what we've done um, to address this is put together a provincial hiring task force, which allows us to also engage with our contract service partners to ensure that we're hiring responsibly and that we're not just simply moving the problem around the province of staff shortages. So really being considerate of um, where these staff are coming from and also recognizing that the educational institutions for paramedics um, are due to be releasing um, students um, here coming into the summer months. So there will be some availability um, from, um, from that sector as well. All right, thank you very much. Uh, do you have a follow-up? Uh, yeah, I do, because what we heard from the union is that there isn't a huge pool of qualified paramedic idly sitting at home. So I'm wondering if there are challenges for recruitment, and if um, the minister is considering uh, how wages play into it, because we heard concerns from the union again, about uh, plans to roll back wages for advanced care paramedics. So is there any plan to address that to help with recruitment? So I'll start. My my understanding is that we actually are recruiting and we're able to do so. I I fully appreciate that there may be be challenges from the standpoint of uh, finding enough individuals. Um, As Chief Sandbeck indicated, you know, uh, one positive aspect of this is that you know the students will be re, uh, will be uh, uh, graduating very so- very soon from the program, so we'll be able to to, to bring on them. Uh, and then also in terms of you know our our hiring practices, we're also looking you know uh, a, uh, across the country to, for uh, a pool of individuals to come to, to come into that. But if Chief Chief Sandbeck, if you want to comment further on that, thanks, Minister. Um, Recruitment is a challenge um, in all transparency. Um, that's why we're waiting uh, graduating students as well. The recent announcement, though, that the minister referred to this morning in um, the relaxation of the regulation for one year to allow us to use um, an alternate level of practitioners um, will certainly help us 
um, to address those uh, staffing requirements all across the province. So um, again, uh, with the task force in place to be uh, respectful and consistent uh, of hiring practices across the province so that we're not you know, moving um, paramedics from some rural communities to other central communities, we need to be able to ensure that we're hiring appropriately and responsibly. Thank you, Chief. Uh, I think we have time for one more caller. Operator, if you want to put them through. Dean Bennett, Canadian Press. Oh, good morning, Minister. Yeah, I'm sort of with Michelle here. It's a bit of a confusing newser in terms of what's new here. Sounds like, it hurt me here, so we got, we got two things. One is you've got 10 recommendations, which I'm still not clear on whether or not you're actually going to tell us what they are. And the other thing is, you mentioned off the top, you're changing the responsibility status for some paramedics. So seen, that, to me, seems like what's really new here. So can you elaborate a bit? What's this change on paramedics, and how is this going to help what will be the practical effect for Albertans of dialing 911? Yeah, so, well, thanks for the question. So that was one of the recommendations. Uh, that was the, of the 10 recommendations that was, uh, was put forward, um, which is to be able to make a change in the rule to enable um, uh, different levels of paramedics uh, to be able to staff certain, certain vans, which actually increases the pool of available staff so that we can actually be able to have put, put more, uh, more vans on the road. And that Chief Sandbeck just, just spoke to that. Uh, so we will get do a de we will get you a, a detailed list of the of the ten recommendations. But for, just very quickly, you know, so that was one of the rec recommendations from a workforce st standpoint: uh, the temporary exemption to allow emergency medical responders to work on class one and class two emergency respond and emergency transport ambulances with paramedics. Um, so and and so that was one of the recommendations that we received received from the committee. You know, other recommendations include you know the uh, Spruce Grove. Uh, the pilot uh, that we're actually doing here, um, a number of recommendations, and two of them were be able to say pilot two different uh, changes there. Um, also, you know, Strath County, Count, Strathcona County Emergency Services, the, the, their proposal uh, to pilot alternate forms of emergency medical services delivery, um, the development of a provincial EMS uh, waiting room download guidelines was a rather, another recommendation that was put forward, uh, as well as the formation of a provincial patient offload delay task force. To, do, to address delays in, uh, in uh, impacting EMS, recognizing that there, that's an issue associated with the, um, uh, with the wait times. And because you have paramedics waiting longer in the hospitals or not on the road, that's actually impacting response times. Uh, so we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be setting up that. And, and as well as indicated by uh, Emily Sigurdsson, uh, you know, public e education, uh, be able to understand when people you know, should be calling 911 and use that. So you know, all of these are just initial recommendations. Um, you know, looking forward to the interim report uh, that will be coming out soon and the, and, the, and the final report. But it was important that we actually move on this and move on this quickly to be able to start addressing the, the pressures uh, that we're seeing in the system right now. And this is in addition to the additional funding, um, the $64 million that government has put forward in Budget 2022. Thank you, Minister. Um, just to follow up, this will also be covered under the news release. Uh, but, Dean, do you have a follow-up? Yeah, well, the news release actually say what's changing here. So it sounds to me, and I'm sorry, it's just coming at it so fast. You've got 10 recommendations. Sounds like you're acting on some. Some sounds like you're actually going to consider some. So it's really hard to ask you a question, Minister, especially with one question, one follow on what's new here. Well, it's not really clear what's new. So hopefully the news release will help us out. I guess I don't have a question because I don't even know where to start. Okay. And, and we can also do a follow-up in terms of detail if, as required. Thank you very much. That concludes our... Uh
announcement. Thanks, everybody.